Hey, before we begin, I just want to say um, this episode is going to contain some moments of sexual, sexually themed violence, sexual assault, possibly. Or I shouldn't even say possibly sexual assault that you might not want to hear. If it's something that you're sensitive about and you don't want to hear about it, um, this might not be the episode for you. Um, I just wanted to give you a heads up before we jump in. So you had feelings for him? You still care about him now? We're sitting out on his vast patio right next to the pool outside of his office. I start at the beginning. He wants to know who Tommy is, and I'll tell him. And he asked me, you know, do you still have feelings for him? And as I tell him, I haven't spoken to Tommy in four years. He said, you didn't answer my question. And I say, no. Absolutely not. And I mean it. I, it's just weird for me to bring this back up because it feels like it was another person, another lifetime ago. I was so weird. I was so weird in high school and so awkward. What I am now, how I am now, I, I really don't feel like the same person. And that person is somebody who I'm not comfortable with. And it's hard for me to talk about it. To say that I have feelings for Tommy. Listen, Tommy was my first love. Tommy was my first kiss. Tommy was my first a lot of things. But he was also, more than anything, my first burn. And I got over it. I can talk about Tommy now. It's not... It's not Tommy that that bothers me. It's me. I don't like to revisit. When I think about how I carried myself and how I was, it scares me a little bit. It embarrasses me. I feel like the big brother of the person I used to be. And I feel the need to protect that person that I used to be. Am I over Tommy? Absolutely. Am I over the circumstances around it? No. Tommy, I used to joke that he looked like Superman. He had like the whole, he had like a young Clark Kent vibe going on. Equipped with like the living on a farm, like it was just, it was almost cliche how much he fit that mold. Brown hair striking blue eyes, none of which meant really anything to me. I wasn't interested in men at the time. I mean, yes, I was attracted to guys, but I wasn't doing anything about it. And I wasn't, it wasn't even on my radar because I wasn't even allowing myself to go into that space. I had other things to worry about. Okay. Um, getting your car drive 350 miles up into the valley. You'll come to a small town. A town that has, you know, very few traffic lights, as they say. 
It's not a one-stop town, but or a one-traffic light town, but it's close enough. We weren't known for anything. Most people didn't know us at all, except for football. Football was religion. Football was life. Football was, like I said, everything in this town. And the star of the football team was Tommy. And I had the honor and the privilege of having a front row seat to magic. When Tommy touched a football, it was just, it was like electricity. You couldn't stop him. And he would always put on a show. I looked up to him so much and just everybody was charmed by him. Everybody loved him. Tommy, we became friends. It was, I don't even remember, gosh, it must have been beginning of junior year, if not maybe before that. I used to wait after school when everybody was gone and the janitors would be cleaning up the school. They used to let me into the auditorium and I would play the piano there and I would play all, I would play all kinds of music. And um, one song that I would play was, um, I don't know if you've heard of it, Bob Dylan, My Back Pages. I used to play that song all the time. It was one of my, one of my favorite songs. I never understood it. I didn't understand it at all. I didn't understand the meaning of the lyrics or anything like that. I just was drawn to the song. Turned out it was one of Tommy's favorite songs. And one day after practice, he comes into the auditorium and he says, hey, I didn't know you play. Now, I didn't know you play, <clears throat> excuse me, I didn't know you play suggested that he was aware of my existence to begin with. And I wasn't aware that he was aware of my existence. So we were even. Um, and he said, I love that song. He said, start again. And I start at the beginning. He said, take the melody out of it. And so I just kind of chorded through the song and he sang it. I think I was in love with him instantly. It happened so fast. It happened so fast. That little introduction turned into weekends, hanging out on his farm. Um, I lived in the city. He lived in the country. His dad was a farmer. Um, and we would drive out. There was orchards of, of um, alfalfa and corn. And we would drive past the alfalfa fields and through like the tall corn into like this little clearing and he would open up his truck bed and we would lay in the truck bed and he would play his guitar and sing to me and we would write songs. It was, it was really nice. I'm telling, I'm telling Amir this story and I can feel it. I can feel the effervescence of those moments. Tommy used to look at me and say, you have the music in you. You have the gift. 
I used to laugh. It's like, yeah, I don't think he knows what you're talking about, dude. He said, no, I know what you're talking. I know what I'm talking about. You've got it. At the time, I didn't know. I knew that I was different, but I didn't allow myself to feel what was natural for me to feel with other guys. Um, even at 16, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking about that. You know, I didn't really have that many friends um, until I met Tommy. And Tommy always stuck up for me. Tommy's friends at first thought I was super weird. They were right. Kind of. I just, you know, I was just insecure and awkward. Um, but Tommy was my guardian. Tommy was my advocate. And Tommy's friends became my friends. And because of Tommy, I became popular. Because of Tommy, I started to get out of my shell and try other things like band. Never really got into football, but I could handle the band. And then I started to make friends of my own. Tommy and I started to hang out so much that everybody else started to notice as well, too. And it's funny because I started to notice that the stuff we would talk about, the stuff we would do, the way that he was when he was with me by myself was different than I would see him with our other mutual buddies. He was um, complicated. His happiness was, always made me feel a little uneasy. It made me feel like he was just, when he was happy, he was too happy. He would, it was almost manic, you know what I mean? And the other times when he was just, you know, chill, it was cool. And then when he was unhappy, um, it was pretty dark. It's hard for me to talk about it now because I'm so, I feel so stupid. I didn't know the signs. I didn't know. You know, I mean, I'm sure that there's some sort of clinical diagnosis for what I was seeing with Tommy. When he was when he was with other people, he was always one way. He was always Tommy the star. He was always on. When he was with me, sometimes I didn't know who he was going to be. But I liked him in chill mode. I feel like that was him when he was really happy. He could go from a high to a low really fast. They were almost the same thing. You know, they say travel far enough west and you're back in the east. That was Tommy. Always, not always, but he lived on the edge. We would spend what seemed like endless days out in the fields, especially the summer after we really started hanging out. I mean, my whole summer felt like we were in those fields, laughing until we lost our voice. Sometimes we'd go swimming in the canals. 
the bugs loved me. And Tommy would, he would take like lotion. And he had this stuff called, this oil called camphor. And he would put drops of the camphor in the lotion. And first it was like, oh, just put this on you, rub it on you. And then as time went by, he would put it on, he would put it on me. He put the lotion on his hands. He'd apply the oil and he would take his time rubbing it into my hands, rubbing it on my back, around my neck. I was such an idiot. I didn't see the signs. I didn't see, they were slapping me in the face and I was, I was too dense to see it. Tommy had a friend, Ralph, did not like me. Tommy played, Tommy was QB. Ralph was a running back. Um, and they were, you know, kind of like best buddies before me and Tommy started hanging out. And I just figured it was jealousy. Like, you know, you kind of stole my best friend type of thing. Um, I didn't really think too much of it. And also too, like we would hang out together and we'd be all kind of cool. But every now and then Ralph would make like underhanded comments or do like take little jabs at me. Like we would go sometimes weeks and everything would be fine. And then I would just notice, like, put us in a situation long enough together and I could feel his resentment. He would always say stuff that was just, like, a little uncalled for. And I didn't really think too much of it. I just thought, you know, I'm sorry, you know, we're friends. I'm sorry um, I took your best friend, I guess. I don't know. I didn't really have, I don't know, when I was younger, I didn't think about these things too much. I know now... Gosh, if it was me now, I would have known from the beginning what it was. But among my favorite things that we would do out there is we would write songs. And he always had his notebook and we would write in it together most of the time, except for I would always keep mine. And then he would just transcribe what I wrote into his notebook. And um, one day... You know, he fell asleep and we had been working on this song for the longest time. Coolest bridge. And, but we just couldn't figure out, he had like all the chords worked out. We just couldn't figure out the words and he had fallen asleep and I came up with it and I was like, that's it. Those are the lyrics. And I had left my notebook at home and Tommy's notebook was just sitting there. I didn't think it was a problem. And so I opened it and I came across this one page and the lyrics, I remember, I remember um, it said something to the effect of I remember when you held me down and forced out my innocence. And I must have only read just a couple of lines. I wasn't trying to. I just, they were just there. I looked up from the notebook and I saw Tommy glaring at me. He didn't say a word. I put the notebook down 
and I didn't say a word either. We would spend like every summer, every day of summer together. Um, we'd hang out all day long. Um, it was so much fun. Except for except for like towards the end of summer when they would be doing their one of their crop harvests, Tommy would get like really he would get like really stressed out like leading up to that period. And then um his dad would always do like these trade shows around that time. So he'd be out of town. Tommy's dad was known for being kind of a hard ass. Like people were afraid of him. And I understand why, but me, Tommy's dad really liked me a lot. And mainly probably because I was kind of like a square and I didn't really drink and I didn't do any like substances. And Tommy would, (laughs) Tommy would, um, we would actually like study and do like real work together. And that was always very, um, polite and respectful how my parents raised me um and my parents are also military so they I don't know I don't know maybe that was a maybe he picked up on the vibe and he liked it I don't I don't really know um but his dad would go out of town their uncle his uncle would come and stay with them and oversee the crop harvest at the time and that would be like the only time of summer that we didn't hang out I remember going over there meeting his uncle one time and it was the weirdest vibe I got from that dude like I remember Tommy had asked me to bring him something that he had left in my house and I remember going over there and texting him like hey I'm here even though I came over earlier than I was planning to come over um and I didn't nobody answered the door so I went around to their barn and Tommy was in there um and I met the uncle was in there as well too and the uncle was like he looked like he had been drinking and he was just like who are you and I was like I'm Tommy's friend. Uh, I started to be like, who are you? I've never seen you before, but I knew who he must have been. Um, and I remember Tommy coming out and looking like ashamed or something. And I remember giving him whatever it was and then just getting out of there. It was just like a really weird, a really weird vibe. So Tommy and I had this running joke that we were twins. Um, our birthdays were a day apart. His was the day before mine. Um, And I remember we had just turned 18 and prom had rolled around. The girl I was talking to ended up going with some other guy. I really didn't want to go to prom anyway. And she was like, you play too much. I'm going with somebody else. She was about to get hers. Um, And I was glad that she did. I'm glad that I didn't spoil prom for her. Um, She was a really sweet girl. Um, And Tommy had one of his girlfriends. I forget who it was. And... He texted me like all night, just like, dude, you really should be here. And as the night went on, and I guess he got more like alcohol in his system, it was more like, I miss you. I wish you would have came. Um, And towards the end of the night, he was sending me messages like, I love you. You're my best friend. I wish you were here. The entire week after prom, I had to be subjected to tales of the wild night that he had at prom. And I could feel my face making this involuntary, salty protrusion. And I, (laughs) I caught myself and I've, you know, have you ever, have you ever like, said something and you sounded like somebody else but not only did you sound like somebody else it felt like you felt like how they feel 
like I don't know if I'm the only one that happens to, but like sometimes I'll be talking and like I'll say something and I'll sound like another person. And in that moment when I say it, I feel like, I don't know, it's probably just projected or imagined, but I feel like that other person. And I remember listening to Tommy retell about the incredible night he had at prom and me feeling a salty feeling. And I remember feeling to myself, this is how Ralph feels. <laughs> it's so dumb. I know it's so dumb. It was later on in the week. Um, we had gone back out into Tommy's field and we were chilling in his truck like we always did. He had a real thing for looking up at the stars. He knew like, he knew the constellations like they were his best friends. Like he knew every single one of them. He knew the stories about them. Like, and that's something I don't feel like a lot of people knew about Tommy was like how into all of that he really was and how like into like, I don't know. He just, he really was a storyteller. And I like that about him. He had such a, a vivid and elastic imagination that that sort of thing really he took to so easily. And he would, he would point out the constellations. He'd be like, can't you see it? Can't you see it? And I was like, not really. He's like, look, there's the tail and there's, the, you know what I mean? And I'm like, yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. Um, I mean, I, I had a hard time like visualizing what he was talking about. Um, not that I couldn't see the groups of stars, but to me, that's what they were. To Tommy, they were friends. Amir interrupted and he said, ah, that's why. I said, that's why what? He said, the night that we first went out for dinner, we went for a walk through the city and I commented on how you can never see the stars in the city but the air was so clear that night that you really could make them out. And I pointed up and you almost refused to look up. You glanced up for a millisecond and you looked back down at the ground. I don't remember. I don't remember doing that. But it is true that the stars do remind me of Tommy. Anyway, this, this one night in particular, we're gazing up at the stars and he's telling me about some story um, about the constellation, whatever constellation it was. And he had, meant he, had he had made an offhanded joke about, you know, one of the girls he had banged at the prom. I was like, dude, I really don't want to hear anymore. And he's like, oh, jealous much? And I was like, I'm not jealous. Fuck you. And he was like, you are jealous. You are jealous. He said, you know, you want, you know, you wanted to be there. And I was like, I really didn't want to be there. He's like, why not? He's like, what, can, can you not dance? And I was like, no, I can dance. Like, I'm good in that department. I just, I just didn't have an excuse for why I didn't want to go. And then as if I prompted him, he says, prove it. He jumps out of the truck bed goes into the radio and turns on the radio. I'll never forget. It was as if, it was as if he planned it. Like, when do you ever turn on the radio and it's the beginning of a song? And I'll never forget. It was the song, um, do you remember that group High Five? The song was, um, I Can't Wait Another Minute. It had just started and it was coming on. 
And like he stood out there in the middle of the field, just like looking at me as the song is playing. And then he starts dancing with himself. He's like, you going to let me dance alone? And I climb out of the truck. And I walk over to him. As awkward as it was, it felt so right. I remember we made contact right at the guy sings, I've been holding back what I feel. We started to dance. Gosh, it felt like we were on another planet. The brightness of the stars, the vastness of the field, the music. It was so special. I was used to Tommy's closeness. There were times we'd spend so much time out in the fields where we'd find ourselves side by side and maybe he had his guitar or maybe he was sitting writing something, but he would lay across my lap or he would rest his head on my shoulders and it felt so nice. But it always happened naturally. It always happened when we were already in a certain proximity of one another. Sometimes even in his room, you know, if I'd sleep over, he'd say, take my bed. I'd be like, dude, bed's big enough for both of us. And we'd stay in the same bed. But sometime in the night, our bodies would just find each other. And I loved the feeling, the way he would hold me around my waist. He was one of the few, <laughs> I'm really ticklish. He's one of the few men that could touch my stomach and I wouldn't jump or swing. He could hold me. This time, he leans his head against my shoulder, wrapping his hand around my waist. And he's silent for a while. And he said, I missed you. The whole time I was just wishing it was you and me at the prom together. Now, at this point, you might be thinking that I think like, oh, he likes me. He wants to be with me. This is really cool. But my idiot teen mind at the time wasn't processing this information fast enough. I was like, wait, what do you mean? And he stares at me for a moment. kind of, I don't know, weighing whether or not this is going to work out. And then finally I could see the fucking in his eyes and he leans in and he gives me a kiss. Now, this was my first kiss. Even with all the girls that I had been, I, I this was my first kiss. I don't even want to get into it. It was my first kiss. Um, I didn't know what it was supposed to feel like. I had always heard, I didn't know it was going to feel that good. And when our lips separated, I had to have more. And I leaned in and I kissed him back. And then I started giggling and he started laughing. And he said, 
I meant what I said. I do love you. We started kissing again. And that was the first time I felt another man's tongue in my mouth. It had, it was almost like a new sense was discovered in that moment. I could feel like my world shifting and turning and I needed more of it. I remember pulling him into me and we were just kissing and going at it so hard. And I was grabbing, I remember I had my hands running through his hair and I was squeezing it, squeezing like a handful of his hair in my hands as we were kissing. And by this time we had both pitched a tent in our pants and Tommy took off his belt buckle, unzipped his pants and pulled his dick out. And I remember just staring down at it like an idiot. Like I'd never seen a penis before. And I was just staring at it like, ah. It wasn't big. It was like six and a half inches. Um, But it was Tommy's dick. And I remember him greedily going for my pants. I had on sweats. And he pulled my pants down. And my dick came out. And I will never forget the look on his face. He looked like genuinely shocked. Genuinely like, what the hell is that? And I remember he sat back on his ass, like almost like he was pushed back by the force of my dick. I didn't touch him, but like almost like he was pushed back. And I remember him sitting back and just like, he never broke eye contact with it. And then he reached his hand out and he started to jerk it. Rough hands, just tugging on it. And he eventually like sits up and we're face to face and he puts his on top of mine. And then he starts to rub them both at the same time. And I just remember saying, Tommy, we shouldn't be doing this. This is wrong. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. And um, he kept going. And then finally, like out of nowhere, he put it in his mouth. And this is kind of embarrassing, but I came almost instantly. It was pathetic, but he didn't waste any time. He started licking it as it was coming out, which caused me to shudder and get weak at the knees. When he was done, he stood up and he came all over my cock. And he just rubbed his cum all over it. When he had come back down to his senses, he looked up at me and gave me a mischievous smile. He took off his flannel shirt and he cleaned me and his hands. And then he folded his shirt and put it 
back in his truck. I spend the rest of the week high off of that moment. And by the next weekend, we were back out in the field making out. He had been drinking this time though, and it just was, it just wasn't, it was like being with an entirely different person. And I remember he, he was getting very physical and very rough. I was trying to pretend like I was into it. I tried, but it was, it was, I was, I was very new and it was happening so fast. And he was just, I don't know, something was just off. And I kept trying to get him to slow down, but he kept speeding up. And eventually he got my pants down. Um, he had my pants down and I wasn't hard or anything. I just wasn't into it. And he was kissing me. Um, it was very sloppy. And I remember he grabbed my ass and was like pulling it apart. And it just hurt. And I was like, dude, stop. And he wouldn't stop. He kept going. And he was saying something to me that just didn't sound like Tommy. It almost sounded like something somebody else had told him. Something about shut up and I don't know. And I remember him sticking his fingers like just out of nowhere into me. And I yelled and I pushed him off me and he fell back against one of the bottles he was drinking out of. He paused for a moment. He picked up the bottle and swung it at me as hard as he could. And I was fast enough to block my face, but it hit like the side of my hand and shattered. And he jumped on me. And I was pushing him back and I pulled my hand back and I slapped him. Not like a cute smack, like a bodied slap trying to knock some sense into him. I didn't know what was wrong with him. Mm -hmm. And I remember he fell back and already I could see the mark that was left on his face. And I pulled my pants back up and I bolted. I ran. I ran all the way out from the country back to the city. Amir looked at me, very measured in his tone. He said, what happened next? Um, I tried to text him to see if things were, if he was, I don't know. I just, I tried to reach out to him just to see what was going on. And I heard nothing. I got back to school the next day. And there were whispers, people laughing, people pointing, people giving me dirty looks. And I remember, I remember the football team confronting me outside. Tommy wasn't there, but Ralph was there. And Ralph said, he called me a name, one that starts with an F, and he said that I 
tried to force myself on Tommy and that Tommy had to beat me off of him. I still had cuts all over my hand. I know that Tommy had a black eye. And I remember saying that that's not true, or that that didn't happen. But by that time, the narrative had already turned against me. People in school were talking. And by some miracle, I made it out of school that day. And I never went back. Everybody in town was talking about it. By this time, my parents had moved. They thought I was old enough to stay in the place where we were, but my mom had gotten stationed or had gotten transferred to another base. And they decided to let me finish out the last few months of high school by myself. And that's what I was doing. So they weren't around to hear the ridicule. I'm glad they weren't around to hear that. I remember working out a method to finish school with, um, what I, I remember working out a method to finish school with, um, with my counselor and, um, I finished school online. After I finished, before my class graduated, before we were all set to walk across the aisle, I was already done with school, and I remember I packed up all my stuff, and I left. People were driving by my house, throwing things at it, ringing the doorbell, calling me just fucking with me and like, it was, I had to leave. I dropped everything and I left. I made one more stop on my way out of town and I know that I probably shouldn't have, but I just wanted to hear from Tommy's mouth. What did you do? How could you do this to me? And I remember I drove over to his place I didn't knock on the door. I knew he wouldn't be out in the barn. So I checked out in the field for him and he wasn't there. I went over to his friend Ralph's, Ralph's place. Ralph had a smaller farm um, about a mile closer into town. And that's where I found Tommy in his truck. At first I saw Tommy And I approached slowly. He was just sitting there. I said, Tommy. And he looked over at me. And as he did, I saw Ralph's head spring up from Tommy's lap. I turned and I ran. And I didn't look back. I tell Amir all of this, and 
He's just looking at me. He's tearful. He's attentive and he's quiet. The sun has already started to set on the city and we're out here on his porch overlooking it all. I'm hungry. I'm ready to eat, <laughs> um, especially after that workout. And I'm just over talking about Tommy. Um, I've been over talking about Tommy. I just never realized how much of an effect that he still had on my life and my choices. I would carry him around with me, like even with like Miguel and like Miguel's music and James's like need for perfection and his pressure to perform and to be something that he didn't want to be. And even Amir, Amir's sweet innocence, I think more than anything, brought Tommy back to me, made me feel like I was in high school again. Amir takes my face in his hands. He has a habit of doing that. <laughs> and it's a habit I really hope he doesn't lose. Um, he looks at me and then he kisses me. And when he's done kissing me, he just puts his forehead and lets it rest on my forehead. And he says, you are so much stronger and wiser than you know. And I think about it. And it almost makes me laugh because now it makes sense to me. At least I have an interpretation of, of the Dylan lyrics that I never had before. To grow stronger, but not more callous. To grow wiser and yet not lose your curiosity. It's like, I'm younger. I'm younger than I was. I'm also hungry. I look at Amir and I say, let's go eat. He smiles and he says, I think that's a good idea. And we left.